Welcome to the Love of Dirt podcast. I'm Nikki and I'm your host and today we're going to be talking about seed raising for beginners. I have so many people say to me that they are terrible at raising plants via seed. They just fail no matter what they try. So I get it. It can be pretty easy to kill seeds if the conditions aren't right. Either too much water, too little water, too much sun, not enough sun. So in this podcast today, I want to share some tips for seed raising. So let's talk about the pros and cons first. So the benefits from raising seeds, aside from it being more cost effective, is you get to grow stuff that you can't typically find. And this is particularly the case for us here in the subtropics um, and for things like cool season crops. So some varieties will never get to a point of harvest because our season is just so short. So I'm looking at, like I'm referring specifically to things like Brussels sprouts or some varieties of broccoli. They'll they'll just end up being all leaves and won't produce anything. The other bonus if you are growing heirloom varieties is that you can save the seeds yourself. And so if you know how to raise by seed, saving those seeds is going to be more, more worthwhile for you in the long run. And you're going to save so much money um, growing your own food. Um, what we find as well is any of the seeds that we've grown ourselves, they just do so much better um, because they are locally adapted to our specific climate. The downside, and there is downsides, it, it is pretty challenging, especially if you have a full-time job and you're not able to get out into the garden during the week. Um, some seeds need daily attention. So if you're not someone who can check them regularly, then seed raising may not be the best for you um, because you have to get the moisture just right and you have to nurture those little babies. If they dry out, they die. If they get too much water, they can rot and get fungal diseases. So that are the downside of trying to raise things from seed. So if you're a newbie and you've always struggled, um, I thought I'd just share with you some of the ones that I find the easiest to start with. So radish, because they germinate really fast. Same with rocket and Eurasian greens, they germinate really fast. Lettuce, I find to just be pretty resilient. They'll just, um, they'll handle a beating, (laughs) um, a little bit of neglect. Um, Tomatoes, the same, surprisingly. Um, Beans, peas. Corn, um, they're really good for planting direct, even um, zucchinis and pumpkins. Um, because they're such big seeds, you can water them once and just wait for germination. If you um, give them too much water, they'll rot. So they're really good ones just to start with. Things that I wouldn't recommend you start with, um, if you have struggled, things like capsicums, chilies and eggplants, they can take forever to germinate, um, especially if the conditions are slightly off. Um Carrots are another one because they need um, constant moisture until they germinate. So if you let them dry out for, you know, half a day, they're just, they're going to die. So you really need to make sure that you can um, keep them moist for that time. Celery is another one of the hardest ones to grow from seed. So they're the ones that I would avoid to start with if you're having, try and get good at the ones that are easy first and then move up to the more complicated ones. So in terms of doing it, so you can do either direct or you can raise in pots. So I will plant direct if the seeds are quite big. So things like the peas and corn, sunflowers, or if they're root crops that don't handle transplantation. So that's specifically going to be things like carrots. 
Um, but radish, because they are so quick to grow, um, transplanting them is just going to slow down the process. So it's easier to plant those ones direct. Things that I will raise in pots or containers or trays um, is if I don't have space or time to plant direct. So if I'm waiting for um, a particular bed to become available, I might plant some seeds in trays and stuff. So when I can pull out the old plants, I can plant straight in um, and there's no downtime for that bed. I'll also do things that are quite precious. So things if um, I'm running low on seeds or if I know that they are more difficult to germinate, I'll do them in trays and containers. Um, but always, always, always check the seed pack um, instructions. So a lot will say that they prefer not to be transplanted or they will prefer to be raised in tray. So a good, really good example of these ones is onions. It's really good to get them, or spring onions, really good to get those going in seed raising trays and getting them quite big. And it takes a long time. You have to have a lot of patience to get them big enough to really handle being out, out in the garden. Um, so let's talk about the setup. If you're gonna raise in trays, so, you can do it mostly anywhere with a bit of shelter, but also sunlight. So before we set up our our shade house, um, my old setup was really just on a, it was an old table <laughs> under the eaves of our house. And it was on the eastern side of the house, so it captured that morning sun. Um, and then by midday, it was shaded for the rest of the day. So I've previously had them on a deck, which also got direct sunlight for a couple of hours. And I've also had them under a tree with some dappled sunlight. So you don't have to have any fancy setup. You can also do it inside if you have a sunny windowsill that gets the morning sun. So it has to have direct light, like sunshine beaming on it. It can't just be light. Otherwise what's gonna happen is they're going to get really leggy and what, what it looks like is you have a really tall stem and then some little leaves on top as what they're doing is they're looking for the sun. Those plants are sort of reaching out. Um, and what happens is it makes the plants quite fragile. So when it comes to transplanting out, they're, they're likely to not do as well. They might even rot before you get to that point. I find that some of the commercial mini shade houses that you purchase um, are actually far too dark um, and I've seen so many people I've seen a few people in our, our membership it's actually happened as well um, where they've got these lovely seeds um, and they've just gone really tall and leggy because they're using these um, commercial mini shade houses so if you're looking at creating your own shade house um, particularly for um, our climate I'd recommend using um, our climate in subtropics I should say um, a lighter shade cloth around 30 to 50 percent for vegetable seedlings um, and this prevent this amount prevents them to get too leggy like if you've got something that's more around the 80 percent it is not going to be enough sun for them to really do well um, if you're in a cool climate you may also want to look at um, some protected glass houses that you can you can either buy the actual full <laughs> glass house um, and it actually creates heat and humidity inside um, you can get glass or plastic ones um, I think at most nurseries they have the little seed raising pods that have the cover over the top 
I've found that we don't need that here in the subtropics. In fact, I've actually found that um, it can cook seedlings or it gets way too humid. Um, so I don't even bother with that. Um, but if you are in a place that gets a lot of frost, um, it is a good idea to have that if it's quite cool and um, you're struggling to get things that really need the heat like eggplants and um, capsicums to germinate, then then perhaps using one of those little um, glass houses might be a, a good way for you. Um, the other thing is you want to really protect, um, so here in southeast Queensland, we get a lot of heavy downpours, a lot of storms um, in our, I guess it's a wet season. Um, you need to protect them from that because there's nothing worse than a big raindrop just fully washing out all of your seeds as well. In terms of the pots and containers, I am what you use to raise your seeds. I'm really big on recycling what you have. So if you've already been purchasing plants for a long time and um, maybe you've got a stash of those old, the black cell pods lying around, um, these are really the best things to use, I've found. Um, you just need to sterilize them before using and they last for pretty much ever unless you've got a toddler or three-year-old who likes to step on things. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, they, they work really well. You can also DIY some newspaper pots. Um, you can buy things called pot makers. Um, or you can origami if you're creative. Um, I find that if you use a paper sort of outer covering, it's a lot better. Um, have a play with the different methods. I found toilet rolls and egg cartons are just too thick. Um, they either don't allow for the proper drainage or they dry out too quickly. Um, but some people have success with them. Um, you can also get the, the peat pellets or jiffy pellets um, where you, you kind of put it in water and it expands and it's got kind of like a little net around it. I wouldn't bother about those at all. Um, you can get, there is preformed pots where you add your own um, mix. Um, and I find those are pretty good, but I usually only use those if I'm planning on giving away seedlings that I raise because um, they do end up costing quite a lot, especially if you are um, raising a lot of all of your things via seed. So the next thing is your seed raising mix. So you need to start with a really good, a free draining, obstruction free and a low fertilizer mix. So if you're looking for organic, um, it is very hard to find. A lot of them have um, commercial fertilizers, um, slow release ones in the mixes. Um, I have my own mix that I use from using a whole bunch of um, organic items inside uh my dirt lovers you can get the recipe if you're a dirt lover in there but in terms of commercial mixes most work great although it's just hard to find organic if you want auto organic certified um, so the main difference between a seed raising mix and a potting mix is um, a seed raising mix they don't have as many larger chunks so all of those big things are sort of sieved out um, and they have a bit more of a moisture hold, holding media inside. So something like a, a cocoa core in there. And they also have not as much fertilizer. So that's the, the difference when you're looking at um, mixes of what, um, what to expect. So in terms of how to plant, um, 
There's a few general rules. Always start with a damp seed raising mix. Never plant into dry. So if you've found your seed raising mix has dried out, add a bit of water and just sort of let it sit for a bit. You don't want to plant because what will happen is when you water the plants, uh, water the soil, if it's dry, it will just sort of, it won't soak in and your seeds will move around and then it's, it's, really, it's really difficult. So always start with a damp seed raising mix. As a general guide, um, follow your seed pack instructions on how deep to sow them. Um, but usually I follow, it's usually two and a half sides, two and a half times the size of the seed itself. If you don't, if you're saving your own seeds, um, you may not actually know. Um, you can use a, a thing called a dibber, which is like a stick and it has measurements on it um, to measure exactly. Um, I use the end of um, a pen. Uh, the one that I use to write my labels to know what I've planted where. Um, but you can use your finger, just um, really just make sure that you're following those instructions because some seeds need light to germinate and some also need darkness. So there's there's that sort of trickiness to it as well. So not all seeds are, are the same. When I plant out, I do two to three seeds per hole, depending on the size of the seed. Like if it's, um, you know, a big bean, for example, I might only do one. If I know that they're um, pretty good quality seeds, I might just do the one. Um, but things like lettuce, um, tomatoes, even I do two to three per hole. And then if one, more than one germinates, what I will do is I'll cut off all of the extras with a pair of scissors. I don't try to pull them out typically. Um, lettuce, maybe occasionally I'll do because like I said, they're pretty resilient. Um, but the reason why I don't pull them out is because it can, um, all the roots can be intertwined and that can damage all of them if you're just trying to get the one out. Uh, when you cut them as well, particularly things like lettuce and Asian greens and um, your rockets and things like that, um, you can actually use them as microgreens in salads if you've got a lot going on. Just don't touch your nightshade family, so leave those tomatoes and capsicums there. It's also worth noting that some seeds may need soaking overnight. Um, some of the harder seeds may also have better germination rates if you actually damage the outer coating. So Blue butterfly peas is one and also loofah is one that will actually benefit from you just getting your fingernail and giving it a really good scratch. Um, so, you know, there are some, there are little tips for all sorts of seeds out there. In terms of maintenance, um, we've got watering and fertilizing. So with our water situation, you need to keep the soil moist but not soaking so it's not allowed to dry out completely and it's a really really tricky balance so I find the best way to do this is actually to have a tray with one to two centimeters of water in the base so one that doesn't have holes and can't drain and then I have another tray which does have holes that drains and I pop those seed trays into there leave it for a few hours or overnight if I'm time poor I forget about it um, so I let it to soak up the moisture from below and then move it out. So there's two reasons I do this. One, I'm not accidentally washing away seeds with um, a water spray. Um, and two, it actually stimulates the growth downwards for better root development. So I find that my, um, my plants get a really, really strong root system going down and then it's easier for transplantation. Side note for the bigger seeds, I water once, then I leave them to germinate. So things, um, 
that are high risk of um, rotting. So things like um, your beans and your corn, if they become too waterlogged, they're going to rot before they germinate. So water once, and usually those kind of seeds, they should be germinating within a couple of days. So you really, you really kind of know if you've got a dodgy one or not pretty quickly. So water once, and then usually that's enough um, to get it to germinate. In terms of fertilizing, because the seed raising mix, um, they don't have a great deal of fertilizer in them um, because they don't. You don't want to burn those babies, and a lot of the nutrients come from within the seeds themselves. So once you get to that that first true leaf stage, they're going to need a little bit of help. So you can either repot them um, or prick them out and put them in pots with a better potting mix with more nutrients or you can start feeding them with a, li a diluted liquid fertilizer so we usually do the liquid um, fertilizer um, either a seaweed solution or a worm casting tea just to give them a bit of a boost and keep them growing so they're healthy to plant out later so in terms of when to plant out i leave my seedlings in pot until they have at least their second set of true leaves so this is usually the fifth or sixth leaf um, and I feel like that also that they're ready to withstand some transplanting. So all plants kind of grow at different rates. So there's no set timeline, um, but use the size of the seedlings you purchase as a guide. So I remember back when you're buying seedlings, um, use that as a guide. So zucchinis, for example, they germinate quickly. They're, they grow really fast um, and you could be planting them out as a, in as little as a week. Lettuce is sort of around the four to six weeks, depending on how well they're doing. And onions can be months. So I hope these tips have helped you. And if you're still feeling stuck, I do have an online course on seed raising inside the Dirt Lovers membership. I also have an ebook on seed raising. If you head to their website, loveofdirt.com.au, um, head to the show notes for this particular podcast and there's some links to those two things there and don't feel bad about going and buying seedlings there are some plants that I still don't grow via seed celery is one of them um, so do what works for you um, let us know if you've had any problems seed raising in the past and if you've conquered it I would love to hear from you guys so head on over to our website loveofdirt.com.au and find the show notes for this particular podcast on seed raising and i will speak to you guys next week thanks for listening to the love of dirt podcast if you love this episode please leave a review to subscribe check out other episodes or grab some of my free food growing resources head on over to loveofdirt.com.au forward slash podcast